All right, good morning. Welcome to Driving Theology. This is Mike, and I'm starting my uh, trek to work here. Well, driving trek. Is that such a thing? They call it a drek, maybe. Uh, I've had a little uh, bit of a challenging time the last couple of weeks getting uh, the podcast recorded, so... Uh, I guess it's been two weeks ago now that I recorded a podcast and, and it really something uh, unfortunate happened in the middle and I really needed to do some editing and so I decided, well, I'll just delete that podcast and I'll re-record it on the way home, which I did. So I recorded it on the way home. Problem is, uh, I forgot to turn up the... <laughs> Some, somehow, I don't know how it happened or why it happened, but the... Rec- oh, now I remember. Anyway, the recording level was turned all the way down to zero. So I recorded an, an entire podcast. Probably the best I ever did. <laughs> I don't know. but Anyway, uh, on zero. And so I recorded nothing, basically. Something tells me I did that twice. I'm not sure. So anyway, I finally went back this morning and uh, found some editing software and was able to edit that original uh, podcast, which is going to be on the topic of Thanksgiving, uh, which I will try to get on tonight. I I had a little problem learning the software this morning. I thought I'd have it posted already, but uh, it's going to take a little bit longer. Um, Probably get that done. Well, it's already done, I think. I just have to listen to it on my computer tonight before I post it. That should be on to you guys fairly soon. Of course, you'll know that it's on to you fairly soon before you even hear this podcast. So, why I'm telling you about it now. Um, yeah, so I actually had to do some editing on a podcast <laughs> for once. Um, anyway... I'll try not to do any editing from now on. So, here we are in December. It's the first week of December. Today is December 2nd, uh, so it's a Wednesday. Last week was uh, fairly busy. Uh, You know, about 10 days ago, we had our Thanksgiving uh, celebration. Uh, Had about 35 people over, which is way too many. Uh, But it's right around a little over half of what we usually have, so we really tried to cut it down. Um, yeah. And then last weekend, we went to a wedding. Uh, a very good friend of ours, some of our best friends, really, who, uh, as far as families go, we've spent time at their house, they've spent time at our house. Uh, he is a church planter, pastor in Tokyo. And uh, his wife is probably my wife's best friend, at least uh, since the last, I don't know, uh, five, six years. They've been thick as thieves, those two. Uh, And uh, anyway, their daughter got married and we uh, went, our daughters went to school with their daughter. And so uh, we went to their wedding last week, which was beautiful, just a beautiful wedding. uh, shout out to uh, Grace and Stephen. Uh, you have a very, very happy marriage indeed. 
Um, yeah, and uh, so here we are, December 2nd. Um, within a, a week, I guess, we will finally have the final uh, tally of the electoral votes. They will act actually be cast, I think, on December 6th, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah, so that's that. So we are in the first week of Advent, uh, and yesterday I prepared a little, uh, for our gathering, uh, Zoom gathering, I pre prepared a little uh, lesson on hope. Hope is the first week of Advent. I think it's hope, love, joy, and peace. Hope, love, joy, and peace. That's what we're going to do this year anyway. I know different uh, groups do different follow different uh, formulas, but that's what we're going to do this year. Um, hope, you know, is a, a, a uh, important thing. Sorry, I'm going to drink a little uh, protein here for a second. Get some energy going in there. Worked out my legs pretty hard yesterday, so I want to make sure I got some protein to replenish my muscles so <clears throat> yeah uh, <clears throat> what was I saying got distracted by my protein hope one thing that we that I, I kind of ran into yesterday is that uh, when when Jesus comes to the earth the, the people of Israel really the people of Judah and Benjamin. Most of Israel has already been exiled to the four corners of the earth. Um, they, they are in dire straits. Uh, and they really have been for 400 years. And if you want to take it back farther than that, they really have been their whole existence in some way, shape, or form. Uh, <clears throat> uh, they've just... Uh, they, they've had 400 years of uh, radio silence from God, I guess is the best way to say that. Um, he has uh, not been uh, talking to them. He has withdrawn his Shekinah glory from the temple, which had happened, I guess, before they went into exile into Babylon. And and even though they had returned some 70 years after and rebuilt the temple uh, after that, uh, the Shekinah glory, as far as we know, never returned to the temple. It, it never uh, returned. And so the presence of God has not been in Israel now for 400 years. They've been in a, a kind of a spiritual second uh, exile, if you will. Well, exile is the wrong word. So, you know, I guess exile is fine. They were exiled to, to for 400 years in Egypt, right? That was their first exile. And then they came out of Egypt to the promised land, right? Uh, and then in the promised land, they fell back into idolatry and disobedience. And eventually, uh, as I just said, God's uh, glory left the temple. His presence left Israel. And 
and uh, they were exiled into Babylon for 70 years. Uh, and then they came back, rebuilt the temple, tried to reconstitute uh, the nation, but uh, God's Shekinah glory did not return uh, to them during that time. Uh, and so years of back and forth, back and forth, and then finally, uh, I'm not sure how many years before Jesus was born, but maybe a hundred or less, uh, the Romans uh, came and occupied, conquered and occupied Judea. And so now Rome, uh, sorry, Judea is part of the Roman Empire. Uh, the Jews in Judea are not Roman citizens. Uh, they are still uh, somehow citizens of Judea, but they're not Roman citizens, at least not by birth. Now, some of them do attain Roman citizenship somehow, um, but by and large, uh, they are, uh, yeah, they are occupied by the, by the Romans. The Romans have a military presence in their country. Uh, Judea now has a Roman governor. Uh, by the time Jesus is born, or actually but later it becomes Pontius Pilate. Uh, even the king, uh, which is which are the Herods, right? Uh, they are they are not of the line of David. They are uh, Roman approved, educated, corrupted kings um, who have the throne, uh, and so they're they are they're not quite legitimate in a lot of ways. Uh, and the people of Israel at this time don't even speak Hebrew uh, as they once did. Uh, they, they are uh, speaking Aramaic. Uh, and I suppose they're, they're, they've also be, been infiltrated over the years by Greek uh, influence. So they speak some Greek, they speak some Latin uh, because of the uh, Romans, of course, um, and Hebrew, you know, their language, they, they've lost their culture. Or they're, they're struggling to hold on to their culture, right? And their culture basically is predicated on the premise that they are the chosen people of God, the one and only God, the true God, the creator God, the supreme God. Um, and if that were true, why are they occupied by these Romans? Uh, where has God gone? Why has he left them? Will he ever come back? Uh, it's a pretty dark period, uh, I think, for the people of Judea at this time, for the Jews. Uh, and it's in this world uh, that God incarnates uh, into the body of Jesus. Uh, the Word became flesh and begins to dwell among them, right? So, God comes into this world and there are still those who remain hopeful. There are still some who have hope uh, 
that all will be well, that God will fulfill his promises for Israel, uh, that, um, uh, that they will uh, regain their position in the world um, as the chosen people of, of God. Uh, and and they, have, they have the hope of a Messiah. Not all of them, but some of them are remaining faithful, believing that God will save them one day in the person of the promised Messiah. Uh, the Messiah, of course, is uh, foretold um, through the prophets. Um, so they believe that one day a Messiah, a, an anointed one of God, will come and save them from their Roman occupation and restore them, restore their rightful place with God in the world. So there is hope, right? Uh, and so we were talking about how I can see some parallels in, in today's world with the people of Israel. Um, so today, uh, there, there's a lot of pain and suffering in the world. There's still hunger. There's still sickness. Um, uh, and just like the, the Jews of uh, the first century um, being occupied by the Romans, uh, a large, scary, um, largely unseen force, right? Uh, there, there's some, you know, there's some presence of the Romans in Judea, but mostly it's the, the threat of Rome uh, that causes the fear, what Rome might do if we don't behave. Today, we have another occupying force in the world, I feel like. Uh, a force uh, that is largely unseen. It's heard of. It's rumored about. But it scares all of us. And I think that's the, the threat of COVID-19. It's sort of like an occupying force. It's a layer of reality that has been imposed on all of us. Uh, not invited or wanted right? Not, not asked for, um, but something that has been imposed upon us nonetheless. Uh, and there's a lot of uh, fear um, and trepidation uh, about what might happen if we don't follow the proper protocols, cleanliness and social distancing and all of these things. Um, and so in a lot of ways, as we, as we begin this Advent season, which is Advent means the arrival or arriving. Uh, when we, as we begin this Advent season, we're kind of in a similar situation, or at least we can find some parallels with the people of Israel. Um, our occupying force, uh, the force that is conquer or trying to conquer us, uh, COVID-19, uh, is also challenging us uh, in the way we communicate in the way we do life, right? Uh, it's imposed on us rules and regulations that we are we are not accustomed to. It's changing the way uh, we we exercise our traditional way of life as well. Um, it's become uh, a an extra burden that we have to carry every day, right? Every day we have to worry about it. 
Uh, not a day has gone by since this happened that we haven't thought about. You know, did I wash my hands? You know, uh, did I remember my mask? We got to be careful. Oh, is that if that person coughs, do they have COVID-19? You know, um, it's been this constant presence in our lives uh, for the last uh, many months. Of course, it's not the first time something like this has happened, but as I was preparing this, this, uh, these thoughts on hope, I really felt like more uh, this year than other times, uh, the dire need for hope. Uh, we, we have a, a, I don't think hope has ever been more necessary in the last many years than it is today, right? We need hope. Um, without hope, I think, I think all is lost. Um, and what I realized last night as we talked in our Zoom meeting is that hope is the one thing that, that human, is one of the things that humans have that's different from the rest of the natural world. We have hope, right? And hope uh, is kind of intermingled with the idea of sacrifice and faith, right? But hope is all about uh, a bright future, right? We have, we have hope that something in the future will come to pass that will make our life more or less better than it is today, right? Um, at least a little bit, maybe a lot. Uh, but hope is something that, that has to do with our, uh, the, the human um, ability to comprehend time and to anticipate the future. Right? Um, and when human beings lose hope, it's a bad, bad situation. It's a horrible situation. I think people that lose hope uh, can do a lot of damage to themselves and a lot of damage to others. Um, hope is the nourishment that keeps the human race moving forward. Without hope, we will we will cease to be human. Um, we need hope. We thrive on hope. Um, we flourish when we are a people of hope. And we wither when hope is gone. And so as, as uh, you know, we come into this, as we enter this first week of Advent, um, I hope we realize, I hope, I want us to realize just how important hope is. And so if, if hope is so important, then it's also important, I think. I think it follows that we should hope in something that is worthy of our hope. Uh, we, should, we should be able to uh, have hope in something that that won't fail us, that won't disappoint us. 
they're all th kinds of things that we uh, hope for, right? Uh, I hope that uh, pretty soon the new uh, season of Better Call Saul will be released. I know it won't because it's too early in the year, but I hope it would, right? I'd love for that to happen. Um, but the problem is, as soon as that hope is fulfilled, uh, then suddenly I'm empty again, and uh, I hope for the next season. Right? <laughs> it's it's something that doesn't really live up to um, all of the uh, energy would we put into hope for something like that, right? Um, it's fine. It's still hope. It's something to look forward to. I don't think we can not do those things. Um, but misplaced hope, right? Misplaced hope. As you misplace your hope over and over, as you are uh, uh, disappointed, right? As you put your hope in this person or that person or this event or that event or this talent or this ability and you fail, it, it, it fails to live up to the hope, over time, you begin to stop placing your hope in things. In fact, over time, I think you will lose hope. And like I said before, if you lose hope, you're in a very bad position, right? Hope is what, what keeps us moving, um, what, what keeps, our, keeps our heart pumping. Um, and so we need to have a hope that is impervious uh, to failure. We need to hope in something that cannot fail us. And everything will fail us. Everything will fail us eventually. Except for one. Except for one. And that is putting your hope in Jesus Christ. The Messiah. The one we talked about who came uh, on the earth and uh, became flesh. So he could live among us. Um, hope in Jesus is never disappointed. Now sometimes we think we've put our hope in Jesus. But uh, when, when the dust settles, actually our hope was in a pastor. Or our hope was in a Bible verse. Or... Our hope was in our adherence to uh, some kind of religious laws or rituals. Uh, it's not easy to get to the point where your hope is truly in Jesus. It's it's not uh, it's not necessarily intuitive, right? It's a process. It's a uh, a process that you have to go through uh, and, and gradually hone down. To, until your your hope is truly in Jesus. Uh, but basically, to put your hope in Jesus is to is to believe that no matter what is happening to me today, no matter how bad my life has gotten today, no matter how bad I feel, no matter how bad uh, things are going for me in this point in my life, that Jesus's promises will come to pass and that he will save me and secure my future as he's promised to do despite the whirlwind of tragic events that are swirling around me in this moment 
And that hope is what is what keeps you moving forward. It's what helps you endure the storms that this life has to uh, that, that that this love that that this life thrusts upon us. It gives you endurance. It helps you to be able to weather the storms. Hope is all important. Uh, hope is an aspect, I think, of a bigger thing, but but it's a necessary aspect of that thing. Uh, without without hope, um, we give up. Right? We give up. Life just isn't worth it if there's no uh, if there's no good that can come of it. Now, at the same time, uh, we can put too much of our hope in some far-off uh, future event after death um, and not realize that that, that same hope uh, should be affecting our lives today. Um, I, I think we can, through, uh, through trusting Jesus, and allowing His Spirit to work through us, uh, I think that our lives can become, in many ways, improved here and now. And not just for us, but those around us. That's what we call the Kingdom of God. We can enter the Kingdom of God now. You can live in the Kingdom of God today. Uh, and. And, and hope for that kingdom uh, is something that need not be put off for some future time after, after you pass away. Uh, the kingdom of God is here and now uh, and, and functioning, fully functioning. Uh, and, and, and so the, the hope, I think, that the people of Israel had was was not for some future event after death, but uh, but for their lives then and there to be improved. And so I think when Jesus came uh, through his life and ministry and death uh, and continuing life in his church, uh, we've learned that that there is a multi-layered um, way that this is going to manifest uh, on the earth right it's 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 here and now it's the kingdom of God it's it's in the future when the kingdom of God will one day cover the entire earth and and all of all corruption will cease and, and the earth will be purified one day uh, that event also I I hope will come excuse me little chilly and a little yawny um, but um, it's also for here and now right it, it's for the world now it's for the suffering that's going on in the world today we can still hope uh, that our our lives and the lives of our loved ones and the live lives of all those in need in the world will be improved here and now uh, and so, and so, hope uh, is important, and I would encourage you not to lose hope, and find, uh, um, 
and actually find ways, uh, more ways to place your hope more and more uh, truly in Jesus and his promises for you in your life now and in your life to come. Um, yeah, in, in fact, uh, we I glanced at, I didn't get a chance to read it last night, but 1 Peter chapter 1 uh, has an amazing uh, uh, explanation of just what the hope uh, we have in Christ is and means. Um, I want to say verse 1 through something like 12 or 13. I can't remember, but it's the first, pretty much the first uh, first section of uh, First Peter. So if you got time, yeah, check that out. Um, I think it'll be well worth well worth the time. Uh, and so, yeah, uh, Jesus comes in, uh, and I think one of the things that brought Jesus in uh, at the time that he decided to come was two things. Number one, the need. The need was great. Right? The need was great. The people were crying out. Uh, and that hope still existed. There were those who were still hoping for the restoration uh, of Israel. And so I think I think if if you want uh Jesus to come into your life not to sound too evangelical <laughs> but if you want Jesus to come into your life more fully uh, I think those are you know two things that might preempt it you know that that you realize your need for him that you realize that without him and without hope in him uh, we we really don't have anything to live for uh, and then uh, the second thing, <laughs> which I, I just spaced on, uh, uh, don't give up on hope. Focus on your hope. Uh, allow, allow that hope to uh, keep you going, to help you endure the storms of life. And I think Jesus will, will show up. I believe he will. Um, that's that's his heart to help all those who need him, and everyone needs him. But but given our our free will, you know, we need to allow him to work in our life. Um, yeah. So this this year, as we start this Christmas season. Um, don't lose hope. I think that's the best way I can say that. Lean on your hope. Uh, in fact, try, try to increase that hope in Jesus. Um, and I don't think he'll disappoint you. I don't think he will disappoint you. Life will continue to disappoint you, and you will be continually disappointed by uh, people and pastors and churches and and all kinds of religious things, but Jesus himself doesn't disappoint. Um, I don't know 
what the process for you will be to get to the point where you are placing all your hope fully on Jesus. Um, but I do know that, that whatever the process is, it will be worth it. It will be worth it in the end. Uh, and, and I think you will find yourself uh, with two feet in the kingdom of God once you reach that point. So thanks for listening, as always, and uh, you guys have a wonderful Advent season. Bye-bye.